Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. You organize your receipts. I wasn't, quote, putting an obituary onto your team name, end of quote. I was putting an obituary onto your championship hopes. There's a difference there. Jet fan, I didn't do it to hurt you. Hell, it hurt me to say it just as much as it hurt you to hear it. But I had to say it because I simply cannot picture the Coog Hunter lifting the Lombardi 150 days from right now. That in and of itself is impossible to visualize. It's hard enough for me to visualize that dude consistently completing passes on a windy day, let alone leading the Jets to Vegas and winning the Super Bowl. All right, so that was yesterday's obit. Here is no bit now that I am not ready to deliver. Aaron Rodgers' obit. It was already hard enough to imagine that dude would go out like that. We said as much yesterday, but then I saw his statement on Instagram last night. Quote, thank you to every person that has reached out, called, texted, DM'd, connected through a friend, etc. It's meant a ton to me, and I will try and get back to all of you soon. I am completely heartbroken and moving through all the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. End quote. All right, so does that dude sound done to you? Because he does not sound done to me. And that's not taking anything for granted about how tough that recovery is going to be. That is a brutal rehab. And it's never an easy recovery from a torn Achilles for anybody, much less a 39-year-old who is 19 years into a pro football career. It is going to be a brutal rehab. It's not something also that he has to put himself through. You know, you might try and make the argument that he's got 38 million reasons to put himself through it next year. I would argue that this guy can make a hell of a lot of money doing a lot of things. He doesn't need to do that. Not for the money. But I think that he does need to do it for himself. It would shock me if he did not put himself through that rehab. It would shock me if he didn't crush that rehab. I think he's going to make it back to the field. And it would also surprise Bob Sala himself, who said as much yesterday, even before Aaron took to IG. I, I, I haven't gone that, down that road with him. Um... I mean, I'd be shocked if he's if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, but at the same time, for him, uh, he's got he's working through a whole lot of headspace uh, things that he needs to deal with, and uh, that will be the last thing I talk to him about. I think that's fair. Listen, I don't know exactly what his forty-year-old season on a repair to Achilles is going to look like. I'm not making making any promises about that, but. I'm with Bob all the way. There is no way Aaron Rodgers has a legendary career that he's had and then go out like that. There is no way that guy goes out like that. And it's not some kind of pipe dream either that he makes a full recovery. In fact, if you listen to the medical types on this right about now, they see no reason why Aaron can't come back. Not only can come back, but come back as good or maybe even better. So I would anticipate him crushing that rehab, and I would also anticipate him staying around the team. Not just for the Coug Hunter's sake, but for everybody's sake, including Aaron's. I thought the coach made a really salient point 
about this yesterday, and I couldn't agree more. The more time that Aaron spends around that team, once he is ready, the better it's going to be for everybody involved. Like he said, Aaron's got to work through the emotions and the feelings right about now. Salah himself said he hasn't even discussed it because he knows Aaron has to work on his headspace. But once Aaron is right mentally and figures out when to have that surgery, the sooner he gets back to that facility, the better for everybody involved. The better for the Coog Hunter, the better for the entire team, the better for Aaron. Like, the coach is not going to push him to rush back, but he made it very clear he does want him there. Because rehab is the loneliest bleep in the world. And Sala knows that having the team around Aaron would be great for Aaron, and Aaron being around the team would be great for the team. I think it's very important. It's important for him. I think it's the mental health and, and healing. I think that's a, uh, very important. Um, but uh, but his presence, his words, his verbiage, like I've said, he's, he's, he's as much a football coach as he is a, a player. And um, just having his presence, his thoughts, his uh, his words and his and his leadership is uh I think anybody would would want that quote his presence his thoughts his words his leadership all totally critical to the rest of the Jets not just the Coog Hunter everybody including the coaches no names mentioned Nate can't hack it (laughs) one thing though Bob forgot to mention the one thing, the one critical thing that Aaron does bring to the facility every single day. Yes, his presence, his thoughts, his words, his leadership, all critical. But you cannot leave out his conspiracy theories. Can you imagine how dark a day it was in one Jets drive yesterday? They're all still physically and emotionally recovering from the worst best night ever or the best worst night ever or the most Jets night ever and they didn't even get to have Aaron around for his take on the Mexican aliens that's almost as bad as him going down the way he did I mean I'm sure they missed him on the practice field no doubt but they definitely missed his interpretation of those Paper mache ET knockoffs way more. Even I am desperate to know what Aaron thought about that kook who trotted out those allegedly 1,000-year-old mummified alien corpses in front of the Mexican Congress. I've got no idea what the hell the motive could possibly be for calling international attention to a fourth-grade arts and crafts project. But I know Aaron's got a theory. And that's the kind of bleep that simply cannot be replaced in a locker room. So they're going to miss him for a lot more than even they know. Now, if there's any consolation for the Jets, it's that the Bills are having nearly as miserable a week. First, they lost to the Coog Hunter via a Josh Allen meltdown for the second straight year. Then the owner was accused in a lawsuit filed by a very good friend of the program, Jim Trotter, accused of saying something shockingly and inexcusably racist on an NFL media Zoom call back in 2020. The owner has denied it. 
I mean, it really can't get any worse than that, right? But a team employee was also caught trashing the star receiver on a hot mic. That's not great either. But that's exactly what happened yesterday when this audio leaked from Sunday's postgame. I think they're trying for Steph. Steph and Micah is who they're trying for. Hey, Across the there's no time. control over yeah. Steph on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to do what he wants to do. Coming over there. Nope. He'll look at he'll look at my face and say F you. How he treats everybody. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, that's not gonna be very awkward the next time Steph hits the podium. I thought Saquon Barkley was the only one with all the FUs. F you to the Giants. Again, that was a Bills reporter who works for the team and has since apologized, but Good luck putting that toothpaste back in the tube. I mean, the audio is too good. Who will ever forget, he'll look you in my face and say, F you. He'll look at, he'll look at my face and say, F you. There's your silver lining, Jet fan. I know it's hard to see the positive right about now, but just know the Bills are in nearly as miserable a place as you are right now. Just remember, Jet fan, the night is always darkest before the dawn, and Aaron will rise yet again. He's going to look this Achilles injury in the face, and he's going to say, F you. F you. Unfortunately, in the meantime, the Coog Hunter is going to look the Jets' Super Bowl hopes in the face and say, F you. He'll look at, he'll look at my face and say, F you. He'll look in my face and he'll say, F you. F you. Ouch. She works for the team. That's going to be a little awkward. She did apologize and she did own it. But, I mean, as we all know, anytime there's any mic anywhere nearby, assume it is hot. Every mic is caliente. Siempre. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper or what's your beef? We're joined by Josh Dumel. Josh, big night, obviously. 
my man, I was watching you before you came on. You flipped your lid around. I was going to compliment you on that big-ass Vikings hat you're wearing right now. What's up, well, dude? I was saving that, Jim. I was saving that so that when we talked about the Vikings, I could go oh, like that just for dude, you. Dude, I wrecked the reveal. <laughs> I wrecked the reveal, man. My bad. My bad. Josh, what's going on? How you feeling? How you doing? You know, I've been a fan. I've been a fan of yours forever. This is really exciting. Uh, I love you. I love your work, man. Since you know all those things you just mentioned, I, I've been listening to your show well before any of those things happened. So it's pretty crazy. I appreciate you, dude. That is a really nice thing to say, and a mutual respect. I appreciate your work too. Before we talk about the series, which is a big thing that's going to drop tonight, it's actually a really exciting time in your life because you and your wife Audra announced this week that you're expecting your first child together. So, congrats are in order for that. How did your ten-year-old son Axel react to the news that he is going to have a sibling? Uh, he he's excited. You know, he, he, he's been an only child up to this point. So I think it's going to be good for him to have somebody to, you know, look after, be responsible for, set a good example for, you know, those things, because, you know, he, I, I think it's just, it, it's all around. It's going to be a good thing for him. And he's, he's going to be a great older brother. That's awesome. Good for the fam. Congrats. So the new addition of the family, Josh, is actually part of the journey that began in North Dakota, where you grew up. For those who do not know, you stayed in state. You played college football for Minot Division II. How good of a player were you, and how would you describe those days? What was that part of your life like? Yeah, I was all right. I was I was a straight drop back quarterback. Uh, I fashioned my game after Drew Bledsoe, so a straight drop back, avoided contact at all costs, and uh, tried to push it downfield. Um, but you know what? Those you know, you know, you have these ideas about being a professional athlete, and I soon realized or quickly realized that I was never going to be that. I wasn't nearly athletic enough. But it's those you know, it's it's those those hard knocks you take. Uh, as an athlete, I think is, is what fuel is what fueled me all these years later is, you know, the work that you put in and you rarely achieve what you hope to, but you know, you learn from all that stuff. No doubt. Josh Dumel joining us. No doubt about that. I mean, these are formulative years. You take all that time and those experiences and they start to fuel you and they drive you and you learn from them. Listen, you've got the hat on. So you've been a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan Josh, I've been talking about the misery of the Jets fan base and the fact that Aaron Rodgers goes down, four snaps into his debut. The lid looks great. Well done. Way to show up. He goes down, four snaps in. Listen, the Vikes have had success, but they are 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Their fans have had their soul snatched repeatedly. You tell me, what's it like to be a Vikings fan? They seem to find a new way to break your heart every year. Uh but they're always good. That's that's why it's so, you know, we're gun shy. They say, oh, you're not diehard. Vikings fans aren't diehard. Well, we are. It's just that, you know, it's like that. those dogs that are beaten over and over. They kind of get a little bit skittish. Every time things are going well, you, you wait for the other shoe to drop. And I just feel like eventually it will happen. Uh, we, you know, we did lose that first game, but you can't go 16 and one without losing a game. You know what I mean, Jim? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think that, I think that this may be the year. I'm not sure. I really like this new D coordinator. I love O'Connell. I've come around to really liking Cousins. I still am concerned about some of the you know big game performances and if he can if he can perform in that those big moments. But it'll happen. 
at some point, just uh, hopefully before I die. Hopefully so, dude. Hopefully so. I think all those are fair points. They got a tough one tonight. They need it tonight, obviously. Josh Dumel is joining us. I want to talk to you about your new show, but first, you know, I mentioned that you had that co-starring role in NBC's hit series Las, Las Vegas. The cast also featured, Josh, Hollywood icon James Caan. He passed away last year. What did you learn about your craft from him and even about life from working with him? So much. So much. I went to this place called uh, Pazanote last night in New York, and they had this old photo of Jimmy as a young man hugging somebody in back. It must have been back in the 80s. And I sent the video to his son, Scott. And, you know, the guy was just a legend. I learned so much from him. He was he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he, he always he, anybody that came to the set didn't matter if you were craft services or or the executive producer on the show. He talked to everybody. He was a super jovial dude and and taught me a lot and wasn't afraid to impart some of his his wisdom on me. And you know, and I was I was green when I first got to that show. So uh, I dearly miss the guy. Uh, he, he's he's truly a legend, and and we miss him. You know. I'll tell you something. We when we had our first child years and years and years ago. We were in the valley. We were still in the eight one eight, and we had a nanny who also worked for him, and she raved. She said he was awesome. He was awesome to work for. He was awesome to be around. So I'm not at all surprised by any of this. So Josh, what about the new show yeah. Buddy Games? It premieres tonight on CBS. Tell me what inspired the series, and why is this project so personal to you? can't even believe I'm sitting here talking to you about this, this silly things my, my buddies and I have done since, I don't know, the early 90s, I guess. My buddy Bob Schwartz, we call him the Bob Father. He's also Buddy Glue. He's got many nicknames. Uh, but he's the guy that sort of came up with this idea to get the guys together every year to compete. And every year we come up with some stupid event along with wiffle ball and golf and a bunch of other things. And, you know, we, we thought it would be a good idea to take something like because we knew that people like you know, us groups of friends like us everywhere did things like this and so we took the idea of cbs they loved it and it took a couple of years because cbs has like big brother and survivor and amazing race and a bunch of other ones that just go on and on and on so they didn't have any openings forever so we waited and waited and sure enough this year we got to go shoot it uh i've been out you know promoting it now for a couple of weeks i'm talking to jim rome and after you, I am done promoting this thing and we get to unleash it on the world. And I cannot wait. It is such a fun show. It's 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 uh, emotional. It's dramatic. It's highly competitive. It's really, really funny. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think the people are really going to relate to this show because they'll see themselves in one of these groups that are competing. Can imagine that. I think that's awesome. Like for 20 and years, probably, you, you and your boys say it again. I said they're going to watch it and see see themselves in these groups and then probably like, dude, we should get our group together. We could win this thing. Let's go do it. I, I, I really feel like that's what people are going to do when they watch the show because they're regular people who have that competitive fire who as a group feel like they'll be able to rise up and win this thing. Dude, how great is that? I mean, how great is that that you, you and your boys did something for like 20 years and then all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm telling you, people will relate to this. People will resonate. There's a TV show in this and you pitch it and you pitch it and you get it done. So I'm curious, you mentioned some of the things that you guys did back in the day. What types of challenges are these folks going to be doing? What are the things the teams are looking to do to advance in the buddy games? What can we expect? Well, you know, 
there's a lot of different answers to that. One thing that we did, we always do is something ridiculous every year. And there's in Bob and I, and usually Bob comes up with something crazy. Last year or two years ago, we did this thing we called spladdle, where they, you had to get on this, this paddle board, stand up on this board and paddle from buoy A to buoy B. And between buoy A and buoy B, the other team got to shoot paintballs at you and try to knock you off your your pat your 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 board. And you know, it, it's just and it, oh, by the way, you had to wear only underwear and a helmet. That's all you got to do. So it's just ridiculous things that you know, 50 year old men like us still look forward to every single year. And I think that, uh, I think that, that is what CBS liked the most about this idea. Hey, do you know, you know, it's so you funny to still be a kid. It's like it, a big- it, I was going to say, Josh, I'm sorry. You know, what's so funny about that. You just said 50 year old guys like us can still do stuff like that. It's so funny. I don't know if you do this, but I, I'm late fifties. And I was thinking to myself, man, when my old man was this age, there's no way he did what I do or thought the way I thought or say what I say. You ever think about that? I mean, I know for a fact there's no way my old man would ever say or think or do the things that I do right now in my 50s. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. Uh you know, although I have mad respect for the other generations Same. before us, but yeah. Same. I I think there is something I th- yeah, I know. I think that there's something about you know, it, I think it's okay to to keep that kid alive inside of you. You know, I really do. I think that's what keeps you young. And, you know, we all have our responsibilities. We all go to work every day. We have our kids, we have our wives, we have our families. But, you know, this is like a big adult summer camp for these people that have competed on the show. And they got to come and sort of be free of that for a little bit. And it was hilarious to watch them sort of fall into it. Some were more resistant than others, and some just fell right in. And if we could all just go do that, just go to an adult summer camp, I think that we would, uh, I think we'd all be a little bit better off. Hey, listen, I, I echo your sentiment. Nothing but respect for the generation that came before us. I just know my old man's not playing splattle. He's just not doing that. And to the point about adult summer camp, man, how awesome is that? Like, we just dropped our son off, our younger son, off at college. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if there's anybody I'd rather be than me, it's him. It looks so fun. So the idea of adult summer camp sounds yeah. great. Josh, tell them once again, where and when can they find Buddy Games? I know it's a big night for you. It's a long Long time in the making. Where can they find the show? What time is it on tonight? CBS tonight, nine, eight central, uh, and nine o'clock on the West Coast. He is an actor. Check it out. Check it out. He's an actor, a writer, producer. Dude, listen, I appreciate you making us your last stop on the promotional tour. The work is done. You can lay out now and wait for the show to drop, Josh. Really appreciate you. Appreciate what you had to say about me. Mutual respect and really good to talk to you, man. Good luck tonight. You are the man, Jim Rome. Happy to be here. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kids' relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. Now, I got to admit, I'm still trying to figure out exactly 
what Chris Jones accomplished by holding out. Great player. Awesome player. They're not going anywhere without that guy. Great player, but what did he accomplish with that holdout? I am not a member of the NFLPA. I am not a certified agent. I don't even try to play one on TV. But it looks to me like that was one of the worst holdouts ever. Not Lev Bell catastrophic, but pretty much pointless nonetheless. Which is why I was not exactly surprised to hear him, Jones, tell the media yesterday that maybe he might change certain things about how it all went down. I'll probably change some things. Um, you know, it's, it, when you have a lot of new guys, it's kind of tough to be away, um, especially in the D-line room. Building that chemistry is important to be successful as a group. But, you know, um, those are decisions you have to live with. I wouldn't probably change it. Um, but I'm grateful for how it turned out. Huh? You're grateful for how it turned out. My guy. Grateful for exactly what? Huh? Huh? Grateful for what? You got nothing. In fact... You get nothing! You lost money by holding out. Saquon at least got back to where he was. Sort of. Josh Jacobs actually did get a little something out of it. But if you look at your situation, my guy... Follow me on this. Jones was set to make 20 mil this year. Over the course of the holdout, including the missed game check, he lost around three and a half mil. Then he signs a new deal that was the same deal as the old deal with some built-in incentives to earn back the money that he lost. So, as Andrew Brandt summed up on Twitter, there was no new money, there are no new years, there is no new raise, just incentives. He didn't even get protection from a future tag. So again, he got nothing. So to borrow from Andrew himself, once again, I will ask, what are we even doing here? here? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? What am I doing here? Like, what am I here for? Like, what am I here for? Why am I holding out? Why did I do that? What are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... My dude, uh, Alvin's laughing at himself. I, I like that. You laugh, you laugh your own jokes now, Alvin. Huh? Huh? My guy, I am not an agent. I am not here to fire your agent. But you should definitely be pulling an Andrew Brandt on your agent right now. Yes, you should definitely say, what are we doing here? What was that all about? Like, what are we doing? And yes, you should also have changed some things about your holdout, namely the holdout itself. You should not have done it. You know what you should change about the holdout? Not holding out. You should have changed some things about your holdout, namely everything. But hey, he says he's grateful. He's happy to be back. So I'm happy for him, I guess. But I got to say, I'm way happier for Travis Kelsey. At least if the rumors are true. You know the ones. The rumors that say, quote, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have been quietly hanging out. Quote, end of quote. And that they have also, quote, linked up. 
listen, I'm not exactly sure what that means. Quietly hanging out, linked up. Seems pretty vague. Seems pretty broad. Seems pretty generic. Hanging out and linking up can mean a lot of things. But why don't we be real about this? It's Travis Kelsey we're talking about. One of America's most eligible and sought-after bachelors. This dude even had his own dating show, right? In other words, although I have no confirmation, and I do not know for sure, I'm guessing they're not just, quote, hanging out at the bowling alley or roller skating or taking long walks on the beach or holding hands at the movies. I'm just going to guess there's a little more to that than this. It was just a couple of months back that Travis talked on his podcast about shooting his shot at one of her concerts or at least attempting to shoot that shot. Well, I was disappointed that she doesn't talk before or after her shows because she has to save her voice for the 44 songs that she sings. So I was a little butthurt I didn't get to hand her one of the bracelets I made for her. You made her a bracelet? Yeah. If you're up on uh, Taylor Swift concerts, there are friendship bracelets and I received a bunch of them being there, but I wanted to give Taylor Swift one with my number on it. Not right now. Your number's in 87 or your phone number? You know which one. (laughs) She doesn't meet anybody, or at least she didn't want to meet me, so I took a personal. (laughs) These guys are the best. Uh, You don't say, Travis. It sounds like you did take it personal, and you made it your mission to get that friendship bracelet to T-Swift. Although I got to say, I never heard of a dude picking up a lady with a friendship bracelet. Is that a thing now? Or is that a Swifty thing? Hey, 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 don't get twisted. I am not looking to get on the wrong side of the Swifties. I know better than that. So, in fact, I'm looking for a Swifty to call here and explain it to me. I'm not being critical. No way in hell I want any of their smoke. I don't want their heat. But then again, whatever works, whatever, right? I just never heard of that working before. Now, I'm not trying to insinuate that Travis and T-Swift are getting nice. Or that they're having set S with each other. Nice. But knowing Travis, it definitely seems like they're getting nice with one another. It would make sense, right? Like I said yesterday, goats wrestle with other goats. Greatness attracts greatness. Goats Bang. Heads, I mean. In nature, goats bang into each other. It's how they operate. It's what they do. I guess what I'm saying is I just can't wait until T-Swift lyrics start bleeding into Kelsey's post-game interviews. You know, after their next loss, especially if they drop to 0-2, he's going to say they have to shake it off. You just know it's coming. And when he talks about how much it sucked to be hurt, he'll probably say it felt like he and Patrick were never, ever getting back together. Then they'll try to ask him about Kadarius Tony, And he'll be all like, I already told the dude, it's you, hi, you're the problem, it's you. Hi, I'm Kadarius. The problem, it's me. And 
Just kidding about that. He would never do a teammate like that. Way more likely, he just talks about how thankful he is to be a part of such an amazing run of success. I'm sure he'll say his time with the Chiefs has exceeded even his wildest dreams. I really hope this is actually happening. I really hope these two keep hanging out and linking up. I'm here for it. So the next time I have Travis on the show, I can ask if Taylor wants a piece. Just like I asked Aaron Rodgers back in the day on my TV show. There was a report that you went bowling with Taylor Swift this offseason. To me, that sounds pretty hot. How was that? <laughs> it, it was, there were a lot of people in the group. But uh, the low light for me that night was... Uh, Somebody had spilled a drink on the lane, on the run up to the lane, which I didn't see and actually ended up on my butt. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun when you're not in situations where you get to hang out with, uh, with uh, some people who are uh, very talented in their industry. She is that. She is that. And she's a serial dater. Were you feeling any kind of vibe like, <laughs> like she wants a piece? Were you feeling that vibe at all? I wasn't feeling that vibe. <laughs> I had to ask, right? Isn't that my job? Isn't that my job as an interviewer to ask? You see, people? That's called range. That's what you get here in the jungle. You can't get that anywhere else. Highly entertaining opinions on sports and elite-level celebrity gossip. And sometimes both in the same exact segment. To quote Matt, You're welcome. You're welcome. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody is missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app right now. Use the code ROME, R-O-M-E, to sign up. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code R-O-M-E, ROME. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem Gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. cdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. We are joined by Chip Kelly. Chip, it is great to have you back. What's going on? How are you? I'm good, Romy. How are you? Football time. It is football time, Chip. It's great. Hey, let me rephrase that. Like, you're now, I need to check in, Chip. You're six years in. You've won 14 of your last 18. You're off to a great start this year. How are you feeling about where the program is right now? And how about life overall? How are you feeling about that? Well, we feel great about where the program is um, just because we have great kids here. They, uh, it's a real special group. It's so much fun to coach them. Um, they're prepared every day. They love playing football. They love practicing football. They love everything about football. So it makes our job very easy. So um, 
We're good. And how am I doing? It's, it's, as I tell people, um, the best part of football is football. And the fact that we get to play games now, um, there's not a better time of the year, so we're fired up. I love that. The best part of football is football. We're joined by Chip Kelly. Chip, let's talk about some of the players you have. Why don't we start with the quarterback position where after having Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you've got not one, not two, but you've got three guys right now in junior Ethan Garbers, who started the opener, Dante Moore, who looked great against San Diego State. And then you got Kent State transfer, Colin Schleese, some action last week as well. Hey, Chip, if the old saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you really don't have one, what do you have if you have three? A good situation. Right. Um, we got all three of them can play. All three of them are talented. Um, the amazing thing is, all three of them really, truly want the other one to be successful. So they've made it really a, a cool dynamic. Um, the, it, it really speaks to their character of all three of those guys. Um, and we feel confident that if any of the three were leading us. Uh, in any game against anybody we play, that we'd be in a pretty good situation here um, offensively. So uh, really excited about our future at the position and where our guys are. Um, we got Colin some action last week against San Diego State. He was actually hurt at the beginning of camp, um, so didn't get the reps you know, that, that Ethan and, um, and Dante got and kind of showed why he was the starter at, at Kent State. And then, Obviously, Ethan's played a lot of football for us and has been a really, really good player for us. Um, and then Dante's played – he played in the Coastal game in game one and then played a lot more in game two against San Diego State, and, and he's a real special talent. Um, so we feel good about all three of those guys. Chip Kelly joining us. You beat me to it. I was going to ask you about Dante and use the word that I was going to use myself because for those who do not know, several recruiting services – consider Dante to be the highest-rated recruit in Bruins history. Obviously, you want to keep that hype machine in check, but is there any doubt he's sort of a different guy, right? Any doubt that that's a special player right there? No, and, and I think a lot of it is he obviously has a physical skill set um, in terms of his ability to throw the football, but um, his mental makeup, um, I really think, is, is what kind of sets him apart from some other people. Um, he has the physical tools, obviously, but he's just he, he's he's really mature um, for his age. Um, you know, he he came here right out of high school and was enrolled here in January, um, and it feels like he's been here for four years. You know, there's just a maturity to to the young man. Um, he he's an unbelievable leader. The players get along with him, fantastic. Um, you know, he's he he's got all the makeups of of what the special ones have. UCLA head football coach Chip Kelly joins us once again. Chip, what about the running game? Despite All-American running back Zach Charbonnet moving on to Seattle, the Seahawks, you still hammer the Aztecs on the ground to the tune of 254 rushing yards. Listen, that's against a well-respected run defense, too. What have your running backs, led by T.J. Harden, shown you in the first two games? Yeah, I think, we've got, again, it's similar to the quarterback position. Is I feel like we have a couple, and, and that's a good thing. You know, so we've got um, Carson Steele, who's a transfer from Ball State, um, who's a, a real talented player and um, was a 1,500-yard rusher last year in the MAC and, and has started off and played really well in our first two games. Um, T.J. Harden, who's a sophomore for us, who really came out at the end of last year, played outstanding in our bowl game. Um, and then T.J.'s played really well in our first two games. Um, and then two other players that have played well in the last uh, in the last game against San Diego State, Colson Yankoff, who's a converted quarterback, um, and then Anthony Atkins, who's a 245-pound 
transfer from Army, um, played really well for us in our last game. So we feel like we've got a little bit of depth there, um, and we'll continue to, to develop that as, as, as the season moves on. Yep. So, Chip, let me ask you about the other side of the ball. Defensive end, Leatu Leitu, Latu has been a terror, man. This guy, he, he just seems unblockable at times. He has been a terror. He leads the nation in sacks. He's second in the country for tackles for loss. You've been around a lot of great, pure pass rushers in your day. Where does he rank among the best you've coached? Yeah, Latu's right up there. Um, he's got a unique skill set. He's le- legit size. He's all of 6'5". He's close to 270 pounds, but um, he's a national rugby player. So he's been on his feet a ton in tackling situations um, for most of his life. And I think that shows the way he plays because he's so athletic for a a defensive end slash outside linebacker um, and can do so many different things and is really flexible and can move. Um, He's got a knack for getting to the quarterback. You know, last year was year one with him. Uh, He was coming off an injury. Um, and, and he really flashed last year, you know, was double-digit sack guy. But I think now with a full spring underneath him, uh, preseason camp, you know, and he, he's kind of rolling right now um, as we're going into game three here. But I, I think he's one of the premier rush guys in the country. Chip Kelly breaking it down for us for a few more moments. So, Chip, NC Central to me is a really interesting matchup. Not only have they scored 77 points in their first two games this year, they are the last team to beat Dion and Shador Sanders. NC Central beat Jackson State last December in the Celebration Bowl before Dion moved on to Colorado. When you look at them on film, what do you see, and what are the biggest challenges they present to you? Um, they're a really good football team, and you're right. They did beat, um, they did beat uh, Dion, Jackson State team last year, and, and they're, really, they're really well coached when the first thing you see on film is that they, they are disciplined, um, in terms of how they're run defensively, they're, there's not, they don't give you anything. You have to earn everything when, when you're playing these guys, um, you know, when you're attacking them. And then I, I think their quarterback, Davius Richard, um, he's an NFL prospect. You know, he's a 6'3", 215-pound guy. Um, his, his numbers are kind of off the charts at the FCS level in terms of what he's done. He's played so many games. You know, he's thrown 55 touchdowns in his career. But he also can really run the ball. He's run for 1,500 yards in his career. Um, so you're going to play against an NFL quarterback. Um, and then anytime you are playing against a guy that's got that talent at, at, at the trigger spot, um, he makes all the players around him better. So this is a, a really good football team that we got rolling in here. And, and um, you know, just watching the tape last year, just watch the tape of the celebration bowl. That'll, that'll get your attention that this is a good team. It's a good opportunity. It's a good challenge. Chip, before you go, what about, and I know you're focused on your team, and I know you're focused on this matchup, Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. They'll come to the Rose Bowl on October 28th. That'll be a big night. How impressed are you with what you've seen from the Buffs in the first two weeks of the year? Oh, really impressed. You know, Dion is, is, uh, is a really good football coach. You know, I think sometimes people get caught up in a lot of other things looking at them, but you put the tape on and look at their team. That's a really, really well-coached team. Um, they compete. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, they protect the football. They don't have a lot of penalties. Um, you know, if you just talk football uh, coaching, I, I think he's done an outstanding job in, in the first two games that, that they played. And I think anybody who plays them this year better be ready to play against a really good football team because um, that's what he has right now, you know, after what he did to TCU and what he did to Nebraska. Um that's a really good team and a really well-coached team. I think Dan's doing a heck of a job. 
Chip Kelly joining us. Chip, one last thought. So you're one of eight teams. Eight. Eight teams ranked in the top 25 in the Pac-12. And, I mean, that's only been done once before. Well, it's been done before, but by only one conference, the SEC. Is this the deepest league that you've ever been associated with? And it is going to be the last year of the Pac-12, but has it ever been deeper? No. You know, I've been in it for a little bit here. Um, I can't recall, you know, this amount of depth from top to bottom. Um, and, and there's other teams that Arizona's a really good team, and they're not in that eight. Um, there's some, you know, Cal has played well, played Auburn really, really close this past weekend and lost, I think, by four, um, you know, to get against Auburn. You know, so there's there's depth in this league, and it's um, it's and it's sad, you know, that this is the last year of the league because it's it, there's been so many good players and so much history and tradition, but. Um, you know, try to look at the positive and the positive is that there's some really good, there's some really good players um, in this league and really good coaches in this league. Um, and if it is the last year, it, it may be the best year. So, you know, we'll, we'll try to hold up our end of the bargain, but it, it's going to be a challenge playing in this league. We, and we all get into conference play next week. It is all kind of surreal, right? The best thing, though, about football is football. football. UCLA, that's it. UCLA is ranked number 24. They got a big one coming up. They've got North Carolina Central Saturday night. Chip, appreciate you. Great to have you on the show. You sound great. Good luck this weekend. And always good to have you on, Chip. Thanks so much. Thanks, Romy. Anytime, buddy. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Head, are you ready to get the weekend started early by helping the clones get down and get paid with tonight's Vikings-Eagles tilt? Hell freaking yes, Jim Rome. Let's do this. James Kelly, why, why do you get all formal with it every time we do this? I don't know. Excited, man. Excited to be here. Good. All right, so one quick thought before I turn you loose okay. to massacre the English language. Oh, a okay. quick, quick thought from me to set this up, right? Mm-hmm. From a betting standpoint, the Vikings are the weirdest team ever to me. From a betting standpoint, no matter which way I hit these guys, I lose. I play them ATS, I lose. I fade them, I lose. I do the work myself, head. I make mm-hmm. the pick, and then I fade myself, I still lose. I don't know that I've ever won a single bet involving the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not even kidding. So naturally, you would say, hey, moron. Just don't play them, right? Yeah, because because I've got the discipline to not hit a Thursday night game. Man, get the hell out of here with that. Of course I'm going to play that game. I just know that I'm going to lose that game because the Vikings are involved. Let that be a warning, clones. If I were you, I would fade me. Now that I got that off my chest, what about you, head? Uh-huh. What is the number? How are you playing this game? Philly is favored by six and a half points here. I'll take the points and ride with the Vikings coming off that loss to Tampa Bay. Yes. Tonight, your boy Baker gave him the template gym to play these Eagles on both sides of the ball. Template? 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 Template, dude. Template. Template. Okay. This is what you get when you try and use big, fancy words. Template. Template? 
Yeah. Well, Did Baker give them the blueprint? template? How about blueprint? Blueprint work? Better than template. Okay. The blueprint but is. But you are full of surprises, dude. I am. Honestly. I got more. It's just started here. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> You're off to a good start with your template. The blueprint is get your bleeping weight up, little boy. Giant boys. forehead, template, forehead, <laughs> five. You got a five head and a template. I do. I do have that. I, I have all of that. Yes. Continue. So, physical. Physical-ass football game here. Last week, the Vikings had success in the air. They just ran for an NFL-worst 41 yards. That's after talking all offseason about wanting to run the football. I think they make that a priority tonight with Chris Forrester's disciple, Chris Cooper, having his guys, you know, right like that. Fire off the ball like Forrester was firing those uh, rails. Thank you, Alvin, for that one. Yes. See that? Forrester, Cooper, connection right there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Okay. Kirk Cousins, he well, also has to do a better which, job of which protecting Which template did you pull from to make that connection? <laughs> My big, massive head of mine. Okay. You like uh, that? Yeah. Kirk, that guy right there. Is he blasting rails off that giant head of yours? He could, oh, because they could land did. a fighter jet on that head of yours, remember? There's a poll question. How many lines could line up on the old forehead? Ne never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Cousins. Protect the football. He didn't last week. He was terrible at that. On the other side of the ball, last year, week two, Ed Donatel's unit allowed a season-worst 486 yards in that 24-7 beatdown from these guys. Enter Brian Flores and surprise, surprise, mother bleepers. Last week against the Bucks, nobody in the NFL blitzed at a higher percentage than Brian's defense. His D also allowed only 3.6 yards per play, so some positive signs there. Some numbers here. Jalen Hurts, though, and these are advantage Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts is now 18-1 and in his last 19 regular season starts. Paper Rock Sirianni is the best in the business since being Rock, hired in the home Let's favorite. see how competitive you are. That guy right there, yes. This generation's Tony Robbins is 10-3 and three in that role as a home favorite ATS. Kirk Cousins, as we know, Jim, testicular contusion after testicular contusion in primetime, 12-20 and 20 overall, but he's 3-1. What are you doing forcing that in there? I haven't even done that yet. You teased it, and I'm like, that's Kirk Cousins in primetime. That's a great tease. See, we're working together. We're on the same page. Dude, you and I are never on the same page. We've never once been on the same page. We're not even in the same book. We're, uh, we're not on the same planet, dude. What do you mean uh, we're on the same page, you and I? Fair. But that guy, this number is surprising for some. 3-1 and one ATS on Thursday night games with the Vikings. Do, do so me a favor. Will you stop it. taking food off my template when I'm trying to do you a favor? <laughs> Good. Fair. I'm rolling with him, though, and PA the bleeping goat, Jim. That's who I'm going with. Wait, I, I don't even know who your pick is. I'm Vikings. so confused, Plus dude. Six and a half. Yeah. Okay, Vikings. so you got the Vikings. You're going to take the points. Yes, Vikings plus my, six and a half. My feeling is, I mean, for a couple of alleged contenders, I was pretty unimpressed with both of them last week. Yes, it was only week one. Yes, the Eagles were able to grind out a win on the road against the Pats, but it wasn't that impressive. In fact, they damn near made Mac Jones look like Bacon 46 himself. They're going to have to do a hell of a lot better if they're going to be a legitimate Super Bowl threat. You know, the, <laughs> the one they're made out to be, right? Mm -hmm. But at least they won. The Vikings were, how do I put this? Hmm. Straight ass in losing at home to the Bucks. Kirk Cousins did not take care of the ball. They did not take care of what should have been easy business. And again, the last thing they want is to start the season 0-2. However, that doesn't mean that they won't. In fact, Head, I'm pretty damn sure they will start the year 0-2. But the bigger question is, will they keep it within 65 
the hell if I know. They're the Vikings. Whatever I think is going to happen with them, the opposite normally does. So I'm just going to go the opposite way of you. I am going to take the Eagles. I will lay the points. I'll say that Philadelphia will cover at home on the short week. Clones, now that I've said that, if I were you, I would run the other way and do exactly the opposite of what I said because, well, the Vikings. I'm always wrong with the Vikings. Head. Mm -hmm. Other than butchering the English language, Mm -hmm. is there anything else you have for me? Do you see a prop you might like? Maybe two props? You notice how even I get worse with the English language (laughs) just talking to you. It's like secondhand smoke, but butchering the English language. It's contagious. It is contagious here, too. You're bringing me down in the mud, man. (laughs) I got two props for you here, Jim. Kirk Cousins under 264.5 yards passing. Like I said, I think the Vikings make their running game the priority. Also, Eagles' new defensive coordinator. What running game? I mean, I I like my guy Madison, but what running game? Dalvin Cook's gone. Well, that's Forrester's job. Disciple, Cooper. They're going to help him there. They're going to make a priority. That guy right there. I did that live. That's pretty good. Okay, go ahead. Damn, that's strong. Anyways, couple that with the fact that uh, Eagles' new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, has only been a coordinator for one season in the NFL. He actually worked for another polarizing jungle figure, if you want it, Jim, not Forrester, but Pennis and Cracker Jacks. In Chicago back in 2021. Peanuts, dude. Why do you keep saying that? It's so Coach, clear. Coach Penn. Yes. He there, his Bears allowed You're on your NFL worst behavior, dude. 18 and a half completions per game. The Eagles also allowed the fewest passing yards per game last season. Under 264 and a half yards for uh, Kirk Cousins passing. Also, let's go Devontae Smith over 62 and a half yards receiving. Hoping for some quick hit one-on-one matchups when Brian Flores sends the house. Smith's top top the mark seven of his last ten games. So let's go over Devontae Smith, 62 and a half yards receiving. Do you want to know why I ripped the podcast? Why is that? That. Which one? All of it. All of it, dude. (laughs) You. You. Inappropriate? All of it. Okay. Run it back, start to finish. Because I'm so lost. I have no idea what you just said, what your picks are. Run it back, top to bottom. What are you looking at tonight? Vikings plus six and a half at Philly. Kirk Cousins under 264 and a half passing yards. Devontae Smith over 62 and a half yards receiving. You know what you should do? Are you tweeting that or are you tweeting the link to it? I don't like them when they just show up and they rip it without listening to all your hard work. Yeah, they download the podcast a lot, but I tweet it a lot too. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's make some money. Let's, Let's get nice. It. Let's get down. All right. I would say a nice job, Head, but it really wasn't this week. Just kidding. See you, dude. Have a great day. James Kelly, man, he is something else. You talk about one of one. Find me another guy like that anywhere in life. Not only in this business, but in life. Find me another James Kelly. But again, again, I don't do that for comedic purposes. That's just the ancillary benefit. The dude's good. He wins more than he loses most times out, and that's all you can ask for. Who you got? I mentioned that I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to take Philadelphia, minus six and a half. But again, if it involves the Minnesota Vikings, I will be wrong. He's trying to explain himself. Template. No, template is what you said, dude. This is what you get for using big words. You can't even handle the small words. What are you doing trying to run out template?
Hey, uh, you know, Van Smack, they uh, used your guy Baker Mayfield's template. They did? <laughs> James Kelly. The legendary, iconic, plastic tower of beef. Off to my left. There are still locks on it because old man Rit used to raid that thing. We had to put padlocks on it. All right, listen. This is the way this works. You can beef about anything you want. Anything at all. Everything is fair game except the bathroom. I don't want bathroom beefs. I have to reset that every single week. Let's start with the phones. You can beef on the phone. You can beef on social media. You can beef via email. We go to Oregon. Rich in Oregon. You are first up. Rich, what's your beef? Jim, my beef is with you. As a Raider fan, I should not like Randy Moss for what he did to St. Al Davis, fleecing our team like that. But this guy is so likable. I mean, you don't have your name become a verb unless you're really good at something or really bad at something. And he is obviously the latter. I'll keep this short and sweet. War the Raiders, war oh, unbeavable. I'm out. All right, see ya. He's talking about Randy Moss, who came on yesterday. Randy Moss had never been on this show. Never been on this show. I did not know what to expect. And it was just one of the greatest things ever. He pulled up. We had it on Zoom. He pulls up in a golf cart because he's Randy Moss. And then in the middle of it, we had this amazing cameo, a walk-on from Megatron. And throughout the entire interview, Randy Moss was so likable and so charismatic. And he was him, man. It was just so much fun. He just said it. He's like, I got to beef with you, Rome. You made Randy Moss likable. No, I didn't. Randy Moss made Randy Moss likable. And you know why? He's bleeping likable. He's awesome. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Redding. Chris, good to have you. Chris, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef with my wife and kids. Every morning I wake up at dark 30, drag my ass out of bed. I could put in my nine. The last thing that I do before I leave is make sure all my dishes are put in the dishwasher, countertop clean. And why at 11 o'clock when I come home to take my dogs out to poop, are there 17 butter knives, 46 cups, um, coffee grounds scattered on the counter, the toaster out. Dude, be better. Clean up after yourself. Leave it how you found it. Go Irish. I'm out. <laughs> Rack him. Nice job, Chris. I appreciate that. Rack him. Dodger Jano is a legend. It doesn't matter what's gone on. It doesn't matter how late she comes in. It doesn't matter where she's been. She never, ever, 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 ever goes to bed without the sink being perfect. And it's nothing that I've said or done. She just has it in her head. I just, I can't do it. Ever. Janet's like, I cannot wake up and see that in the morning. I just can't. I won't. It doesn't matter how tired she is or where she's been. There is never a butter knife or a coffee ground or anything in the sink. So she would agree with you. Let's go to Alaska. Matt in Alaska. Good to have you, Matt. What's your beef? Romy, how you been? It's been a minute, my man. It has been. What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I got a beef with friends who can't seem to be punctual. You know, I've got plans here. I'm waiting around. We're trying to go on our annual week-long moose hunt. And I tell my buddy, hey, pick me up at 10 a.m. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let's get an early start at 9. Well, here it is after 10 a.m. 
and I'm still sitting around waiting. When I dialed back my alarm, got up, made sure I was ready, I guess the only silver lining is I get to have you in my living room this morning. So be on time, people. That's all I got, Jimmy. I'm out. I see you working, Matt. A moose hunt, though. Dude, that is serious. A moose hunt. Moose are mean. Have you ever seen a moose in real life? We used to see them in Montana when we had that house. And we were led to believe they're big and they're mean. Stay the hell away from the moose. Like, the moose scared me almost as much as the bears. I almost want to weigh in and double down on that beef, but it's about DJ, so I'm not going to. Half of our family is early for everything, and half of our family is late for everything. Jake, Rome, and I, well, Jake, I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm early for everything. I hate being late. I mean, there's nothing I hate more than being late. DJ and Rogues are constantly running late. And when I mean constantly, I mean for everything in life. I'm sorry. I love you both. Everything. I mean everything. There's never been a time that I could ever remember where we were just, I was just laying out like, oh, no way. You're ready. Everything. Constantly putting on our shoes in the car. Constantly forgetting things. You rushed me. No, I didn't. You're late. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Canton. Aaron in Canton. Aaron, what's your beef? What up, Jim? What up? Uh, Brian Cashman. What about him? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Ah! I'm great, Aaron. How are you? You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, dude. Are you not familiar with this segment? That was kind of weird. Were you listening to yourself on the radio? Was there a little delay that you were having issues with? That was kind of weird. Here's how this works. You call. You wait. I mention your name and your town and ask you what is your beef. You can either address me or not, but just go with your beef. You started off all right. Brian Cashman. Okay. What about Brian Cashman? I don't want you to go forever, but I do want you to elaborate. It is, I mean, it's good to be succinct and concise, but not that succinct and that concise. What's your beef, Brian Cashman? He's just looking at me like, what? You want more? You asked me what was my beef and I gave it to you. You know what, bro? I apologize. You're right. You were right. I said, what's your beef? You said, Brian Cashman. Okay. All right, I'll allow that. Alvin, rack him. Rack him! You know what? I apologize, dude. I should not have run you, bro. I I rethought that mid-thought. I was wrong, and you were right, dude. Upon further review, I was wrong, and you were right. You know what? That was one of the best beefs ever. That was a classic beef. Dude, if I could get in this thing right now, I'd give you one of each of the four. Hey, man, what's your beef? Brian Cashman? And? And nothing. What more do you need, Rome? You said, what's my beef? I told you. Bro, you're, bam, you're right. Rack him. Dude, I am this close to giving you a golden ticket. I am this close to putting you in the smack off. Damn, I got roasted again. Hey, James Kelly, add that to the list. Evil Knievel, Rex Lee, and that guy.
I stand so corrected. Great beef, bro. 1-800-636. That guy was the best. Who was that? Aaron in Canton. It's fitting that you're in Canton, dude, because that beef would put you in the Hall of Fame. The beef hall, the beef hall of fame. I am proud of you, dude. Damn, I got roasted on that. Let's go to Sacktown. Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan, what's your beef? Hey, what's up, JR? Not sure how to follow Aaron, but anyways. Nobody can, dude. Especially you. Right. Uh, Anyways, uh, my beef is with the uh, hoarders disguising themselves as tennis players at the U.S. Open. I really don't understand why you have to pack for a semester at sea when it only takes a racket and a ball to get down. And seriously, it must be hard playing in front of 20,000 fans when you're worried about returning the U-Haul with the exact right level of gas. Anyways, Rome, the only thing worse than watching people move is watching people move in front. Oh! Ryan in Sacktown doing what he does. He's got a pretty fair point about tennis players, but... They actually do need more than one racket and more than one ball. In the event they snap a string, multiple rackets. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try Buffalo? Rich in Buffalo. Good to have you. What's your beef? What up, Jimmy R? Hey, my, my beef is with restaurants in Buffalo. Charging Raider Nation 15 to $20 for an order of chicken wings. But chicken wings are a dollar ten a pound right now. Come on, Buffalo restaurants, be better. Go Bills. I'm out. Rich in Buffalo. Is that what it costs? A buck ten a pound? They're gouging you on wings now. Let's go to ABQ. Albuquerque, John. Great to have you, John. What's your beef? Hey, John. Hey, Jim, how you doing, buddy? Good, dude. Uh, how are you? Man, I'm good, dude. But, man, I got a beef, all right? I, I know it's not a major issue, but all the people that live here at the apartment complex, when they use the laundry room, which is brand new, has brand new machines, you know, uh, they don't want to clean the lint screen out of the dryer. And now... I got to put my clothes in it, and then I pull it out. It's packed with crap. And, you know, I mean, come on, people. The trash can is right there. Empty it. Put it back in. Oh, man, it burns my ass out. Yeah, I can tell, dude. (laughs) I can tell, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I will tell you, when I came up, and the first time I had a paycheck – that was a legitimate paycheck. The first thing that I bought, well, a house, but my favorite thing ever was my own washer and dryer. I thought that was the most amazing thing. That was so great for what he just said, for the very reason he just shared. You no longer had to wait for people to pull their crap out of the dryer. You no longer had to hope that other people would clean the lint screen. God, that was like the greatest splurge and the greatest luxury ever. I have my own washing machine. That was so awesome. Two of my favorite things ever in life. Getting my own washing machine and dryer and getting Lasix. If I could go back in time and experience the thrill of either one of those things once more, what I would pay. Probably what I paid for both, times five. That's how great they were. 
Let's keep going on the phones. Good day on the phones. We go to Ben in Tulsa. Ben, good to have you. What's your beef? Dog people. Not dogs, but dog people. If you can't make it through the grocery store without your great day, you are the problem. War the Cowboys. Love your show, Jim. Good job, dude. Well done. That's how you do the beef segment. He nailed it. He nailed it. He got his beef in. He got out. Said something nice to me. That dude knows the process. You know what? I love the way he also clarified dog people. Not dogs. Dog people. If you can't go to the grocery store without your great Dane, you're the problem. Good job, Ben. Let's go to Portland. Colin in Portland. Hey, Colin, what's your beef? Hey, what's up, Romy? My beef is with that dork that called last week who had a beef with people at beef with dogs. Listen, dork, when I have to go clean up my baseball field to start a fall ball season after two months of summer poop on the dog field, I got to beef with dog people. If you don't like it, screw you. I'm out. All right, Colin. Listen, dork. Anything that starts with listen, dork, generally ends pretty well. When he has to go clean the ballpark and it's littered with dog crap from the prior months, he's got an issue with dog people. Yeah, but the people aren't the ones laying growlers, right? It's the dogs. Apparently, Sapphire the Cat had a bad night. DJ has been on it this morning. She's been on a rampage. Well, for DJ. DJ does not rampage. But apparently Sapphire just crapped up everything. Even worse than normal. The walls, the grout, the box, the carpet, just everywhere. Let's go to OKC Carlton. Carlton, what's your beef? What's up, Jim Rome? Smackatron? Hey, my beef is with the Jeep community and those people who wave at you when you drive by, but the ones that are too dadgum lazy and they put a sticker, a hand sticker on the windshield, wipe that stuff off and raise your lazy hand. I'm out. All right. Carlton, not really sure I understood that. Cheap people wave at each other? And the lazy ones just put a hand sticker on so they don't have to actually physically wave? Is that a Jeep thing? or Anyway, I just like Smackatron. Smackatron saved that call. He went James Kelly on me. What's up, Jim Rome? Smackatron. Let's go to the cues. Edward. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting to the part of the show where there are beefs about the prior beefs, which I always like. We go to the cues. Edward and Syracuse. Edward, what's your beef? Yeah. Mine is, you know, I work hard. I come home. We cook this day journey. When I get up in the morning, my girlfriend has the kitchen so clean. I didn't even think I left that. <laughs> oh, man. So you don't like a clean sink? Not every single day. What day? What day is a clean sink okay? <laughs> I don't know, Jim. What I was saying was, I at least want to acknowledge that I live there. Like, somebody lives there. Like, it's not an abandoned house. Like, every time you walk in the, in the house or wake up in the morning, there's no dishes whatsoever anywhere. Like, I like it, dude. Uh, I, I got you. I like it. I like it. I appreciate that. Like, hey, hey, somebody lives here, all right? It's okay to have a dish. 
In fact, I want a dish in my sink so I remember that I live here. That's the first time I think I've ever heard, respect Edward, that's the first time I've ever heard somebody complain that their significant other keeps everything clean. I mean, normally, I would think that's a great thing. Man, everything's so clean. It's spotless. It's like nobody even lives here. That's like a dream come true to me. I would think that'd be awesome. Not Edward. Edward's like, man, if I wake up one more morning and not see some filth in the sink, can we, can we please act like somebody lives here? I do live here, you know. Leave something in the sink. God, why is everything always so clean in here? I hate that. I hate that. 1-800-636-8686. Chalk, where do you want to go next? Let's go to New York. Scott in New York. Good to have you. Scott, what's your beef? Rome. My beef is with the impending dumpster fire that is become, that is one Bill's drive. From the amateur hour coaching staff to Josh Allen out there looking like a rookie. Now Terry Pagula's a racist, allegedly. And now the hot Mike hijinks. Come on, do better, man. Bill's Mafia deserves better. I'm out. My man, Scott, strong beef. Strong beef. He's angry. I don't even know that Rick and Buffalo could have done much better than that. Well, probably. Rick would have done that just much angrier and louder and longer. Man, the phone calls are just killing it today. I'm loving it. Let's go to Claremont. Like I said, we've reached the part of the segment where there are beefs about the prior beefs. Always a good thing. Lane in Claremont. Good to have you. Lane, what's your beef? Hey, Jim, thanks for the vine. My beef is with the XR4TI for putting that Ryan from No Sacktown on the air. Man, his takes are terrible and his delivery is terrible. I don't know why you guys waste your time with him. Ryan, I want you to drive to ESAC, find the most filthy, decrepit, most sinister-looking crack house, buy up all their supply, smoke it in one go, and drive off into the Delta so we don't ever have to suffer through your terrible takes again. That's it. That's awesome, Lane. Good on you, bro. Rack him. Rack him! Didn't sound very Claremont of you, but that was incredible. That that dude was angrier than anybody. In a segment of anger, it's the beef segment, that dude was angrier than anybody who's called yet and all about Ryan and Sacktown. Why do I think Ryan is laughing that stupid laugh of his right now more than usual? Because Lane was fired up. What did he say? Go find some decrepit crack house on the east side and smoke all the crack in it. And the problem is with you, Rome, and your XR4TI for putting that guy on all the time. Yeah, but he lives for this segment. Ryan was built for this segment. Ryan sucks at everything outside of this segment. If you think he's lame here, you should see him in other parts of the show. I mean, that laugh. Go ahead, Albie. Oh, Lane, oh, Laney, oh, Lane Claremont. I already know Ryan's next call. Oh, Lane and Claremont. Oh, Lane boy and Claremont. I don't know, Ryan. I got a feeling you're going to lose that fight, too. 
We don't need your rebuttal, Ryan. I just did it. I know what you'll do. You'll go, oh, <laughs> Laney boy in Claremont. <laughs> and there'll be nothing else there but that. Lane, Lane, that's proving Lane's point. This is wild. Got to go to Baco. I love Baco. You want to talk underrated. Why do people bleep on Baco? Don't bleep on Baco. I've got a story or two about Baco that would blow your mind. I have good history with Baco. I have amazing history with Baco. I mean this. There is no punchline. I love Bakersfield. Period. You're entitled to your own, your own opinion. We go to Baco. Darren in Bakersfield. Darren, what's your beef? How you doing, Rome? Good, dude. You? For the love of God, can we get rid of Bruce Buffer of the UFC? Is there anyone that tries to get more attention than this clown? From the moment he steps in the ring with that suit, this more look at me suit, to the yelling and screaming the person's name, and if that's not enough, the guy goes over in front of the cameras. They're introducing the 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 contestants. He can't get enough camera time. I can't get on this clown, man. He's got to go, Rome. All right, Darren, I got you. It is a beef segment. I like Bruce Buffer. He doesn't bother me at all. He's put on a show. It's a show. He's trying to get everybody fired up. He's a big energy guy. He's put on a show. It's a production. But I got you. You are entitled to your beef. Darren, any beef that starts off with, for the love of God, you know somebody's pretty wound up. He goes, starting with his look-at-me suit and the, the, quote, contestants. You mean the combatants? They're not contestants. The Price is Right has contestants. They're not bidding on a washer dryer. They're trying to choke each other out. They're putting their lives on the line. That's the difference between a contestant and a combatant. Somebody bidding on the showcase showdown is not risking their life. Hence, they're a contestant. If you get into the cage and you risk your life every single time, you are a combatant. I appreciate that, though. Dude, I'm... I'm loving. You forgot the trademark phrase. No, I think we're allowed to use that trademark phrase. It's his brother's trademark phrase we're not allowed to use. Don't do it, Albie. I, I do not want the smoke from corporate. This is incredible. I have not looked at a single written beef. The callers are just dominating. They're carrying it. Not only are they filling up every single line, but every time one drops off, one drops back in, and they're all good. They're all good. Let's go to Omaha. Omaha! Jeff in Omaha. Jeff, what's your beef? Hey, I got beef right here. It's the school pickup and drop-off line. You know, they give you, like, a map, and they tell you what you got to do. It's like you go up there, you pull up, you drop the kids off, you leave. They got, it's too long that people come out and give their kids like a hug and kiss before they go. It's just too long. It's you're supposed to go there, drop them off, leave. And that, that's, that's my beef. I got you. It should be more efficient, right? It, should be, it shouldn't take as long. I get it. Whatever you do, don't love on your kid. There are people in line. Don't hug your kid. Don't kiss your kid. Don't say, have a nice day, son. I love you. Keep the thing moving, man. There's a line. 
636-8686. You know what I love about the beef segment? Everybody is so angry everywhere in the country. <laughs> you got to admit, demographically, we're getting calls from all 50. We are getting calls from all 50. Let's go to New Orleans. Chris. Great to have you, Chris. What's your beef? Hey, first time caller, long time listener. Right on. My beef is with DoorDash customers. They like to order and they don't tip. If you're too lazy to get off your ass and not get it yourself and demand that we get to order to you faster, you need a tip. One rule I live by no tip, no trip. Oh, out. I got you. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I can't make people tip. But I feel pretty strongly about that, especially those that are depending on tips for their livelihood. Their salary, I would imagine, their hourly, their salary is reduced because their boss is saying, yeah, but you get tips. You get tips. And he's saying, yeah, but we don't. We don't. That person over there is too lazy to tip me. Tip your DoorDash delivery person. From what I, my personal experience they're mostly all, almost exclusively, good moods, good attitude, good energy, busting their ass while you sit on your ass and you have them serve you at home. Come on, man. Tip them out. Let's go back to Alaska. I love it. Two Alaska calls. Actually, two Alaska calls, but from the same dude. You know how good you have to be? And we're not doing it because we don't have other calls. We're doing it because I like this guy. We're doing it because I like his topic. We're doing it because I bet he's updating me on his last beef. Back to Alaska. My dude, Matt. Matt, let me guess. You have more beef. Jimmy, the day's gone from bad to worse. Not only is my buddy still not here, but now the cleaning lady called in sick for tomorrow. It's only 1020 in the morning, and you're calling me to tell me that you're not going to be here tomorrow. Okay, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to be here but I'm certainly going to have to listen to my wife bitch about how I left a dirty house and went out of town with a buddy. So things aren't looking up, Jim. Have a good day, buddy. Sorry Bye. about that, brother. Sorry about that. There's still one or two minutes left in the segment. If there's any updates, Matt, if anything happens in the next 60 seconds, please call back and let us know. Dude, you're right. It has gone from bad to worse. His boy is still not there, so they can't begin the moose hunt, and the maid has already called in sick for tomorrow. What's next? Good night now!